June is Men's Health Month. And I had the wonderful idea to bring a group of men together all month long and just have conversations around men's health to include financial health, spiritual health, physical health, mental health. And even we're going to talk about men's fashion this month. But today we're going to talk all about financial wellness, financial health. And I have some great guests today that are experts in their particular area of finances that are going to be sharing with us some key tips and just having a discussion around the importance of finances and how it really impacts our overall health as men. This is going to be a great episode. Sit back, relax, take notes and Share with us, engage with us in the comments, because this is going to be a great discussion. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another live of the Maximize Your Brand podcast with Markeith Brayton, where we're all about helping experts, subject matter-based experts to build and grow their personal brand online so that it impacts their income and their influence. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you today's episode where we're talking about financial wellness, financial health. All this month, I decided I wanted to kind of do episodes around men's health and just have some discussions with some men that I've met or just meeting who are experts in their particular area. And just wanted to kind of have this opportunity to use my platform, to use my podcast to have these discussions. And today is designated to financial Health, and I have some great guests today. But before we get started, you know, I always, always like to share with you how you can join my community. And so, what I would like for you to share with you is that if you are not a part of my community, all you have to do is text personal brand, all one word, to 77222. That's personal brand to 77222, and you'll get a link to your phone to join the community so that you are aware of when we are having podcast episodes, interviews, or maybe I'm speaking in your city and I'd love to send you a text to come and join me at the conference or participate in the workshop. But without any further delay, we're going to go ahead and introduce, excuse me, today's guest. My first guest today is Mr. Lionel, I hope I'm saying that right, but he'll correct me if I'm not not saying it right. He has over 20 years of experience in the banking and financial services industry. As a financial and life empowerment consultant, Lionel facilitates seminars and workshops in the areas of financial literacy, 
business finance, banking, and life skills for schools, churches, and businesses. He is the host of the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show, a financial and life empowerment show focusing on educating and motivating people to improve their finances. Lionel is the author of two books, Sacred Vows, The Not or Not, and Money Responsibly. Sacred Vows is a relationship communication book for couples seeking to be married or who are already married. My next guest is Jeffrey A. Moore, also known as Jeff the Wealth Builder, is the CEO of Moore Financial Solutions, a boutique financial services firm in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. More Financial Solutions is on a mission to help 5,000 families over the next 10 years to leverage cash value life insurance to build enormous tax-exempt accounts to take advantage of opportunities in real estate, stocks, and business ownership. He is the author of the book, My Cash Value is King. He, My Cash Value Value is King. He is also a proud Penn State alumnus where he received his bachelor's degree in communication and master's degree in education. And so we're going to go ahead and bring in my guest today. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Maximizer Brand Podcast and this discussion around men's health, men's financial health, particularly. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Yes. Thank you for the invite. I'm excited to be able to share some um, information with your audience. So this is uh, this is going to be a great talk. So let's get it going. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, did I butcher anybody's name? I think I may have said it wrong, <laughs> but if I did say it right, I'd like for you to correct me because I like to correct people when they don't say my name correctly. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's Lionel. Lionel. Like Lionel Richard. Lionel. Yes, like Lionel Richard. Yeah. Got it. Lionel Shipman and Jeffrey Moore. Well, I want to start off by giving both of you opportunity, even though I read briefly your bio, just to personally introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. So Lionel, we'll start with you and then Jeff, we'll come to you. Yes. Again, Lionel Shipman. I'm the owner of Shipman Consulting. Uh, I'm a financial and life empowerment consultant. Uh, my goal, my mission in life is basically a financial educator. I want to improve the lives of people from a financial perspective, but I also delve into other areas, meaning to help empower you to live the best life that you can possibly live or to live life to the fullest. Uh, I, I have a uh, show for, uh, basically for myself as well. The Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show is actually on streaming uh a streaming television channel called Spun Dulix. Uh, you can also listen to any past shows that I used to do uh, on Blog Talk Radio. You can hear those on demand on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker. But I do have uh, have a lot, with, uh, I guess, when it comes to financial empowerment. It's, it's near and dear to my heart, and it's just something that uh, is such a need here in the world today, and especially among our own and especially among men, black men. So I'm very privileged and thankful to be a part of the show today, Markeith. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Jeffrey? Yes, I'm Jeff Moore. Affectionately known, my clients call me Jeff the Wealth Builder. I've been in insurance and financial services industry for the past 25 years. I am a first-generation wealth builder. So I'm the youngest of eight kids and 
um, very passionate about getting the information out about money and more importantly, how to get control of your money, more importantly, how to get people out of debt and that they can get into uh, vehicles that will generate some passive income for them and their families. And I specialize in uh, utilizing cash value life insurance as a vehicle to help people to be in a position to control their money, to be in a position for them to uh, buy assets when they go on sale, to be in a position to help them to create a storage house of money that when bad things happen in the economy, they got a pool of money that they can go and buy things when they go on sale. So I have been, you know, doing this for 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 a very long time, and I learned a very good lesson about this. In 2008, during the last uh, economic collapse that we had, and that's when the light bulb came on for me about the beauty of cash value life insurance because I owned a whole lot of other assets as far as businesses, as far as real estate, as far as leverage, and I lost all of my money in all of those areas. Well, not all of it, but a big percentage of it in the one area that grew and made money when everything else lost was the cash value life insurance. And that's when my love and my appreciation and my um, skill set started to get developed in that area because I wanted to bring that information to people who look like you and I so we could be in a position to maximize when things go bad in the economy because we have a safety net that builds cash that we can have money to to buy things when they go on sale. So good, so good, so good. Well, gentlemen, once again, thank you for joining me and I appreciate your personal introduction and so today you know let's just have a discussion you know the first question that i have and either one of you can can take it what impact do you believe uh finances has had on your health and then overall generally on men's health well i know it, I'll, I'll answer that first um one of the things um that it's had on my area is that it's, it's given me an opportunity to experience some things in a different way. You know, I live my life now based on the, on the five F's and it's, you know, it's faith, it's finances, it's fitness, it's family, and then it's fun. And one of the things that having, you know, um, uh, money in the, in the form of the health area is, is been years that I've been slacking, like, you know, since 2020, we're not going to get into that right now, but it's been other areas where it, it's allowed me to do and have flexibility and freedom to kind of be in the best shape. And, you know, I just had this conversation with my wife just last week on this area about health, because what's good of building all of this wealth if, if your health is not going to be in in alignment so we're 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 reshaping and 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 taking some things and doing some things differently now to prioritize you know the the wealth aspect the health aspect of building the wealth because we want to be able to enjoy the wealth as we are making it and be able to to spend it and do the things on our terms um and we don't want to to have a health ailment kind of derail us from that. So I'm, I'm glad you that was a great question that you brought up. And I think that is one of the, 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 the key things in, in in lifestyle and in enjoyment is to make sure that the health component is is included into that. Yeah. 
Lionel? Yeah, I, I, yeah just to jump in there. Uh, health is one of those where, uh, say, per, from a personal experience standpoint, about 10 years ago, uh, healthy, no problem. Never had to go to the hospital, never broken a bone, no issues at all. About 10 years ago, through an annual checkup, my cholesterol level had mm. gone up. Now, I'm a Southern guy. I'm originally from Alabama, so I'm used to eating Southern food. And uh, I've always exercised. I've always taken care of myself. But one thing that I have learned, not just since that time, but partly because my wife is a nurse, uh, when it comes to health and wellness, uh, a lot of time it is due to the things that we take in into our bodies, food. Well, I had to back off and adjust my lifestyle. I didn't get on a diet, but I learned to adjust my lifestyle to where now, as of the last, uh, I say, doctor annual checkup, my cholesterol level is down below 200. All the other increment, uh, all of the little, I guess, makeup that make up that number, all of those uh, ratios of factors are in proper alignment right now. So I had to learn to adjust my lifestyle. So I don't eat all the fried food that I used to. Uh, I can't eat all the candy and, and cookies and other things that uh, was contributing to that high cholesterol level. So I learned to balance my life. Once I balance my life, now I feel good every morning. I get up and I exercise. I feel much better, sleep better, whole nine yards. Well, one thing regarding your health, if your finances are not in order, mm -hmm. it has a tendency to cause stress, yeah. aggravation. Uh, if you're married, arguments, fights. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have kids, uh, they may not be able to get the things that they want and sometimes mm -hmm. the things that they need. So it, we, it's important to have a balance between your health and your finances. Once you get that proper balance, then your health can automatically be in line, but also your financial health can be in line. So it's important to make sure that you have that balance between the two. You know, that's so good because I know for me uh, in 2014, I was laid off my job. I worked in health administration, background was in public health, and I always was in good health. I was a track athlete and uh, always worked out. But one of the things that I noticed between 2014 and about 2018 was that I started to pick up weight, started to pick up, you know, eating, eating habits that were not necessarily conducive to good health. One, because I made the decision that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was going to pursue this dream and I wasn't going back to getting a job. And, you know, that hustle mentality you know, picking up think picking up something to eat just as you go, you know, maybe not even eating and then binge eating late at night and different things like that um, really started to impact my own health and stress of trying to find the next client, trying to find the next gig or opportunity, you know. And so fi finances definitely does impact your health, most especially through stress, right? And many of us are working jobs today, 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but still find ourselves financially unhealthy, still find ourselves 
just trying to make ends meet. And I'm not just talking about those those who, you know, are maybe not as educated or have the best jobs. I'm even talking about the ones who are highly educated and have great jobs, high six-figure jobs, still stressed, trying to make uh, ends meet. And that's the part that I really want to dig deep into. Um, because I know that's where your expertise is. And so share with me, you know, what are some things now that we are on pending recession, now that we have the feds have now um, uh, heightened the interest rate so that things can come back to a balance. Share with me, what should we be doing, particularly as men who have families, who are leaders in the community and who are, you know, establishing legacy in society. What are some things that we should be doing as men, and not just men, particularly black men, because I want to focus on black men's health, black men's financial wellness. Uh, what are some things that we should be doing and considering during these times? I'll jump in real quickly. Uh, I look at when, whenever our automobiles are not functioning well, we go see a mechanic. Mm. Uh, if we are wanting to, I guess, you know, tighten up our muscles, we go and hire a personal trainer. Yeah. Uh, I look at from a financial perspective, it behooves a lot of people to consider getting a financial coach of some sort. Uh, and, and that doesn't always mean you're having to hire someone, but there are some things that we can do that can better our lives and better position us, better position ourselves from a financial standpoint. Uh, one thing that I would recommend that we do is educate ourselves. One of the most simple things that we can do in this day and time is education. We can get it on the internet. We can get it through social media. We can get it through the old fashioned uh, books, paperback or hardback type of books. We can attend seminars, workshops to learn about money to learn about health, learn about wellness. So in this economic times that we're in right now, uh, I have some clients uh, that I'm working with, but I've had some people that really could not afford me right now because of where they are right now. We have high gas prices, which has affected all of us, uh, regardless if you work at home or not, you're still being affected. Uh, the prices of, uh, of groceries and other goods and services, uh, all those prices have gone up. So now we are in a uh, odd position right now where somewhere our, our finances are kind of upside down. Uh, if we did not have a budget, we're just spending money. So education is one key thing that I would definitely recommend that we do. Uh, budgeting. No one likes that word for the most part. I would say a lot of people don't like that word because they think when they hear budget, it means constraint. You, you're hindering me from buying or getting what I want to. But if we have multi-million and multi-billion dollar companies that have been operating off of budgets for years, they work. They can work for us as well. I'm proof. And I know plenty of people that operate and live off of budget and they are doing fairly well, even in these economic conditions. Education, I the, yeah. I think the education part is so critical and important, but I also think that where you get your education is important as well. 
because mm. the way that this financial institution and the way that this financial game is set up is the profit off of the confusion. So confusion brings profit. And I think most of the times that people don't like the budget is because I think it's been stigmatized in such a bad way. And one of the things that I tr I bring to the forefront in, in, in talking and dealing with my clientele is you really got to give your money some directions because when you give your money directions, it, it comes back to you in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a position that's going to help you build, develop and grow. And one of the things that that is very important as far as 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 if we're talking specifically about black men is that in order for us to, to continue to be the leaders of our household, one of the things that is going to be prevalent is that we get our money under control. And there's some simple and effective ways to be able to give your money directions. And I, and I wrote a little formula in my book, My Cash Value is King, that really gives a clear cut example on how you should prioritize your money when you get it. So when you get it, you can keep it and you can preserve it and you can have it for your lifestyle. You just spend it, enjoy it and pass it on to the next generation. And that equation was really simple. It was the 10, 10, 10, 50, 20 rule. And the 10, 10, 10, 50, 20 rule is something that could be um, implemented into our financial um, um, households. It would give us a greater freedom and flexibility to kind of be able to have the money to finance the things on our own terms and get us away from being in debt and get us more having a safety net. Two of the things that I see that's prevalent in our communities today is that we do not have a safety net when bad things go happen and we're in too much debt. So debt is a lifestyle killer. So if you have a lifestyle killer, it's not going to be able to help you to be able to move when gas prices go up. It's not going to be able to help you to move when the price of food goes up. It's not going to be able to help you to move when taxes go up. It's not going to be able to help you move if you lost your job. So being in debt will destroy your life, will destroy your lifestyle. And you got to have a safety net. Too many times I see too many people making too much money and they don't have any safety net whatsoever. And when bad things happen, they lose all of the money momentum that they've built over years. Whether that money momentum is in real estate, whether it's in a stock market, whether it's in a business market, all of that momentum is lost because there was not a safety net in place. Yeah. Now, the way that this system is set up, if you look throughout history and if you follow the money, Every seven to 10 years, it's always an economic shift that happens in the economy. And we are on the verge of the next biggest economic shift. And people are not going to be able to take advantage of it because of those two things. They don't have a safety net and they have a lot of credit card, or have a lot of automobile, have a lot of personal loan debt too yeah. much personal debt so in order for us to start to change the narrative on how we are going to thrive especially as black men in this economy we start have to attack those two dragons and we have to slay them and that is having debt 
And that is operating without a safety net. It's so good, you know, and I, I like what you're talking about when it comes to debt, you know, just to give some personal insight. You know, I'm, I'm on my journey of becoming debt free. And as I shared with, with, with you all right before the show began was that uh, I was fortunate. Well, at first, I didn't think I was so fortunate. I thought maybe I made a wrong decision. But when I was 25 going on 26, I bought my very first home in my 20s, right after graduate school. And at the time, I was thinking, maybe this wasn't the best idea because I wanted to move and, you know, I own a house. And thankfully, it was brand new. It was, uh, I bought it right when it was built. And, you know, I had a place to stay. I didn't want to pay rent because at the time, this was the early, this was back in 2005. Uh, at the time, you know, parents would teach you buy a home, you know, don't, yep. don't rent no apartment and wasting money renting all, you know, those parents. Yeah. My, I have a baby boomer parent. parent. Yeah. Um, and primarily most of everyone in my family, they were at least homeowners, land owners. And so I, I bought my first home. Now, fast forward 18 years later, I had no idea what would happen in Nashville as it Ooh. pertains to the uh, int- you know, uh, values of homes and Nashville becoming a very popular city and Californians and people from cities that were so used to uh, exorbitant rents and high mortgages uh, moving here and driving up the cost of homes. Um, but here's the interesting thing, and I'm giving a little insight, uh, being a little transparent, that because I am an entrepreneur, it has been difficult for me to access the multiple six figures I have tied up in my home because of uh, student loan debt, certain things like that. And so my question to you, and it's a personal question, but I'm going to let the people who are listening in get a little insight. Is it conducive for me to tap into the hundreds of thousands of dollars of equity I have in my house to become debt free and just have a mortgage? Because I know a lot of people tap into equity in their homes. Uh, I've met individuals who... um, tapped in equity in their homes to pay for children's colleges, to pay for private school, to to do a lot of different things because they see it as their money and an opportunity to to help the next generation. I would love to hear your thoughts around how you want to hear my thoughts on that? Yeah, how you should use that. It's gonna probably be contrary to what you believe. (laughs) But 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 uh First of all, that equity in your house is not your equity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the bank's equity. Mm. And they give you the permission if you meet, if you reach, if you meet certain criterion, yeah, that's good. that you could have access to their equity. Mm. Because if you think it's your equity, go try to get it out if you get laid off. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so a lot of times when, when, when we talk strategy, because wealth building is a lot about strategy. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I didn't didn't say in my bio is that I'm a chess player. So building wealth and having money has a lot to do with strategy. So in that question, 
that you just asked, it depends. It depends on what other factors that you have going on in your financial life. Mm -hmm. So it will make sense to pull equity out of your home if you had a, an exorbitant amount of credit card debt mm -hmm. that you could recapture some of the money that you're losing in the form of of being um i refer to debt is when when you have credit card and automobile debt you're somebody else's passive income so i'll use that same analogy if if you want if you want to if you if you want to stop being someone else's passive income then you you can tap into that equity and and restructure and eliminate a lot of the debt okay because one of the things that i've learned in life and one of the things that i've learned in the last 25 years is that when you don't have personal debt mm -hmm. your money can almost do anything you want it to do yeah that's good okay so so on the flip side of that is that if you didn't have no other you know i don't i don't i don't i'm not a big proponent of going into debt to finance another debt right so um unless you have your own business because that comes with different sets of uh, uh tax implications and things of that nature that you can write off and position yourself and things of that nature but one of the things that that i, I always like to 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 bring to the forefront is oftentimes do people ha that have a lot of equity in their property, do they have a home equity protection program? Mm. So what's going to protect your equity in the house in the event if 2008 happened all over again? Mm -hmm. A lot of people see, see cycles. See, one of the things I, one of the things that in studying Americans is that Americans have a very short memory. Mm. So, you know, people don't recognize that this last two, three years, we've been we've been living and spending and things haven't been accumulating like like no other period in American history. And people think that those good fortunes are going to continue. But in 2005 and 2006, the same thing that was happening back then are happening now. Right. But the big difference is there's not going to be the liquidity that was available back then. There's not going to be the bailouts that would happen back in 2008. There's not going to be a Fed chairperson that's going to do some things to, to uh, revitalize the economy this time around. So if you don't have good strategy, you could end up losing all of the equity that you so-called own in your house. And it, you have no record to have anything to, to, to do anything about that. So here's the important thing. One of my funda fundamental beliefs and why I love, uh, why I'm a big proponent, a very big proponent of cash value life insurance is it, it gives you the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. It gives you the opportunity to have an asset to continue to grow and be able to have that same dollar asset you can put the use to bring additional money back into your household, to bring yeah. additional money back into your business, to bring, to bring protection 
over the equity that you have locked up into your home. It's like a Swiss army knife. It could do so many, so many different, different things, but we've been trained and we've been taught and it's been passed down from generation to generation in the black community that life insurance is only for when you die, that there is no inherent benefit that a person is going to achieve by owning it because you got to die to get it. That's the lie that's been circulating in our community. So we have to bring the right information so when people can understand what's going on, they would know what to do. Because there is massive, I mean massive, I mean, I'm going to say it again, massive profit in misinformation. Yeah, yeah, that's good. One day they tell you that overfunding your 401k is a great thing. The next thing they'll tell you that overfunding your 401k is the worst thing that you can possibly do. So which is it? So I, I, just to, just to give a quick word, I, I would say your situation, Marquis, it, it, it depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am not a proponent of uh, accumulating debt. Right. I, I, I love to pay it off, but get a plan to pay it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, from personal experience, the only thing that I, my wife and I uh, owe is the balance on our home, mm-hmm. which we're going to have that paid off in the next few years. Uh, home, uh, my cars are paid off. I didn't have any student loan debt. Uh, thankfully, blessed of God that my daughter going to college, fully taking care of scholarships and all. So we, we she's on our payroll right now. That's but good. We, 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 it depends upon the quality of life that you want and the quality of life that you can afford. Right. But when it comes to debt uh, or acquiring a home equity loan or line to help support that, if it makes sense, I would say if you know that the, you can get uh, just a, a few points lower in the rate where you're being charged on this loan over here and you can get a home equity line that can considerably points less from an interest rate standpoint, it may make sense over the term because you're paying l- uh, less in interest. Uh, but I would say I'm a practical guy. Yeah. I like to I like to list everything out if you don't have a budget you need to create and establish a budget then create a plan within your budget Mm -hmm. to pay that debt out over a specific time frame Frame. that means i'm gonna have to discipline myself i may have to cut back on some things that i want because Mm -hmm. a lot of time it's the things that we want that keeps us from getting the things that we really need yeah. So keep that in mind yeah. if that is a, a scenario for you. Yeah, and I know. And I just I asked that question because I know other people have the question. I was like, well, let me be a little transparent. Yeah. And I said home equity line, but I know that you could uh, do a whole refinance and pull the cash out if you desire to do so, right. uh, so on and so forth. And I know a lot of people do different things. And mm-hmm. and, and I don't have a, I don't I don't have a, a, a lot of debt. But one of the things that I do like doing is just having one payment (laughs) you know and so the thought process for me was gosh it'd just be great just to have one payment and expeditiously pay that off you know as soon as possible with a plan you know one of the great things i do pride myself on is that 
when I could have upgraded in home and upgraded in a lot of things, I did not. And so when I tell people that I live uh, in a decent part of town and have a, a nice town home and my mortgage is $500, they look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but that is the truth. Wow. It is $550. God, Whereas people in my neighborhood are paying upwards of $2,000 a month if they're renting or, or yeah. what have you. So uh, I did at least stay disciplined and say, you know, even though I'm making more money, I don't need no more than what I currently have, you know. So I, did, but I travel a lot. <laughs> but but, but see, yeah, but but you but you said a key word that I just right. mentioned: discipline. Yeah. A lot of time in this day and time, we're not disciplined. I mean, if we look at how much we're inundated with information to spend, to spend, yeah. to buy. We see it on social media, we see it on the internet, we see it in entertainment, we see it on the television, we see it in advertisement, to buy, to buy, to buy. They tell us, quote unquote, they tell us how we should live. <laughs> mm -hmm. I cannot live my life based upon your income. Right. I cannot, but we are being told if you can't do it, so finance it. Get it on a credit card, get a loan, whatever you can to enjoy this life that I'm living. And that life cannot and probably should not be my life. We need to develop what type of life that we really want That's and good. then work toward it. Work toward and sometimes, yeah. yeah, and sometimes if you may not get to that level of life, then that's when we need to be content with what we have. Or, you know what? I pick up a second job. Let yes. me pick up a, a, another gig where I can make the income to live that quality of life that I desire to live. So I'm an advocate one. of life first, work second. And what I'm saying is, is that I think and I teach all my clients this and it was something that I came to after being laid off is that you should first envision and have a vision for the life and the lifestyle that you desire to have and then identify the work that will support that. Whether that's a business, whether that's a job, but I think that we got it backwards where many of us in student loan debt because we were only thinking about the job first yep. and life second, and then we get this job and we're not fulfilled, we're not you know, happy, we're not excited about doing the thing that we're going to do, but now we have this lifestyle that we created because of this work that we decided to do, and we're miserable. You know? <laughs> I, I, I agree, and, it, and especially for this, this forum of, of speaking to black men. Yeah. Stop working for life. Yeah. And, I, and, and I mean that we, sometimes, we, we work ourselves sometimes to death. Yeah. With, with little regard to life. You know, I'm the kind that I want to smell the roses along the way. I'm the kind that I'm not going to wait to retirement to start traveling and right. enjoying life. No, I want to enjoy it while I am fully healthy. But I have to do it the right way. And I have way. to do it based upon my quality of life that we have built, me and my wife. And if I want to do uh, a lot more then i need to generate some more income in that's but it, make sure but you got to make sure that you have balance mm -hmm. you don't want to end up working you're working eight hours a day now but then 
in, in order to get that life over there, you're having to up until 14 hours a day. When you do the 14 hours a day, you're lacking sleep, you're not eating well, you're not taking care of yourself. So really, is it really, really worth it? Yeah, that's and good. That's, I, I think what we're getting into now and, and where I like to take the conversation is around mindset. You know, uh, one of the things that really shifted for me as I transitioned from being an employee to an entrepreneur was really my mindset around money and value mm-hmm. that that today I don't know that I would have believed that the amount of money I can make in a day or in a month just by enhancing my skills and charging what I believe the value is of what I do would make a difference. That I had to retire from the mindset of the hustle and grind and start thinking more smart as it pertains to my skill and how I market and share that skill with other people and placing the right value on that and getting out of the mindset of trading time for money. Mm-hmm. That that we always will be trading time for money, but getting out of the mindset of that it takes me this many hours to do this, so you pay me this amount per hour. No, mm-hmm. that this is the value that I think this service is, and whether you believe it's that value or not is up to you, not up to me. <laughs> right. And if you pay me that, then I know that you believe it's valuable. But shifting my mindset around money and trading that time for money. And so I'd like for both of you to talk about the mindset of money and and how we began to nurture that mindset so that we're thinking about money properly. Go ahead, Jeff. I'll let you you go first if you don't. All right. No problem. <laughs> I mean, you are what you think about. You know what I mean? So the sure. mindset is so critical in anything that you do, especially if you're talking about wealth building or having money for 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 fun and enjoyment. But the, the thing is, a lot of people suffer from, you know, thinking that they're not worth the money that they were. Um, and I think oftentimes because of a bad mindset, people make bad decisions as it relates to money that put them into a position that handicap them on living life out on their terms. So you when you when you want to have a a, a, a a great mindset, you have to operate from a, 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 an abundance mindset and not from a scarcity. It's funny that I was on a, a call last night with a group of entrepreneurs. And one of the things that, that keeps coming up is charging your worth because you do, you deliver so much value in producing an outcome for someone. And then a lot of entrepreneurs feel like, oh, my God, I can't charge that much money for it. So even 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 some of those people um, are having that problem with being intentional for what for being you know paid for what they're worth. But you are what you think about. You are what you believe. You are the things that you say to yourself over and over and over again. And the things I think that is is important now is that we've been so distracted in the mindset thinking that we need to have things that when we get them, we really don't want them because we're trying to impress other people. And we get into jams financially, trying to keep up with the 
with the with the with the Joneses, and then you realize in keeping up with the Joneses that the Joneses are broke, and now you sit up here like, why did I do the things that I did with this money? So yeah. the mindset thing is so very important. A couple of things that uh, you know you guys mentioned earlier is that you do, you 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 had a mindset that you didn't want to live with a lot of debt, mm-hmm. and that is critical and very important on your trajectory of where you're going financially with your lifestyle right now because you don't have a big thing confiscating your income when you make it yeah so it's very important for even getting back on a on a term of entrepreneurship and the mindset that happens in the money mindset as it relates to that is that you have to see the value that you bring to the table. And if you have a mindset that you're going to serve the people and serve the people well and deliver the outcomes and and hit the pain points or the things that they're struggling with, you will never have to worry about money. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I'll say this and I'll let uh, Lionel go. And the one thing that really changed my mindset in my life was a quote from a, a colleague of mine. She said that people will always pay you more for what you know than for what you do. That is so true. And when she that said that, <laughs> it registered with me so heavy that I could get paid more for what I know than for what I ever do. And I'm a living witness. I am a living witness that I have been paid more just for what I know, just for consulting around what I know than I ever would have uh, working an hourly uh, hourly job. And so I'm thankful for that quote. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great I was quote. agreeing with you too. I was saying me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> great quote. You know, when you talk about mindset, that is one of those areas where uh, I actually have a, uh, I teach a course or a class on money mindset and money consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I have a quote that says, change your mindset, change your life, change your lifestyle and behaviors. Mm -hmm. And of course, the only way we can change our mindset is through information and education. Right. So the more educated we become, our mindset begins to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even in my book, I have a book, a finance book called Money Responsibly. And it talks about going to the root of how we have the mindset that we have regarding money. Uh, Basically come from three different areas. Uh, The way we were brought up under our parents. For the most part, we mimic the way we were raised with money, good or bad. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way that we were raised. If you were raised with parents that regarded money, they took care of their debts and make sure that bills were paid, uh, they saved for, uh, for retirement, then more, more than likely you will adapt that type of mindset when you become an adult, okay? On the opposite, uh, if you were raised in a home to where uh, creditors would call the house, uh, from time to time you had to move periodically then more than likely you may end up adapting that same mindset when you become an adult. That's not a guarantee, but I'm just saying, for the most part, we follow suit of how we were raised. And that's either through our parents, uh, the people who raised us, uh, those that were in our association, and then lastly, society at large. And right now we're in the age of social media and the, the internet. Those are some of the biggest influences in our lives 
and they either they alter the way we should be thinking either good or bad so changing your mindset will actually change your life once you change your life your behaviors will follow and that is truly when it comes to money how we spend it how we save it how we invest it uh how we interpret it uh, so from an entrepreneur's mindset yes find out where you are when it comes to money yes find out your own value i can agree with you i undersold myself years ago i was of the mindset that uh i don't want them to charge i don't want to charge them too much because they may not want to have my services uh they may not want to come hear me speak or talk about money so i i went through that i mean i was so willing at some at some point i was actually giving my information away for free now my mindset has changed if i say the fee then you know what i'm too expensive for you and there's nothing wrong with that right i don't love you any less when you tell me well that you, your, your fees are too high that's fine right find you someone else that can help you with that but right. i'm not changing my cost because i know and value my worth and i do have people who value my worth because that's they true. do pay and one thing that i have always uh been i guess the thing that has been most top of my list is making sure that the people change their lives mm-hmm. i want to be paid i i definitely want to be paid profit is very important yes. but if i can say something or do something to change your life to change the way you're thinking to change your behavior to change your lifestyle to improve your quality of life to improve your financial outlooks, I have done my job. So I think change I, it. I, yeah. All right. I just want to add, I think it's also important when you talk about mindset is that experiences play into that. Um, relationships play into that and exposure play into that as well. Because I think oftentimes people have to see it first to believe that they can achieve it. And I think of, uh, another thing is that when you put aspiration next to aspiration, it 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 it, it, it sets off a different type of 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 mind kind of um I don't know what the term is, but I call it hungriness. You know, where where you where you where your mind is like, yes, I've saw something that I would like to have incorporated into my lifestyle and my standard of living. And for me, that happened growing up in the inner city. You know, the first exposure I had outside of North Philadelphia, I realized the whole world was bigger than the community that I was living in. Because at that time we were all regulated in four, five, six block radius that we all just stayed in that area. But once once you got a little exposure, you got a little opportunity to dream, you got a little opportunity to say, wait a minute, things could be a whole lot differently here. And I think that is one of the biggest things. And even when I mentor kids, the first thing I try to do is get them out of the environment so they can see the possibilities and sometimes even with your own mind you have to visualize and dream some things and get into some different environments for you to feel like yo i can really do this 
And that all happens when even when people come talk to us, we have to create that experience for them to be like, hey, you can really you can really live this kind of lifestyle on your terms and have the money to fund the things that you're passionate about. And here's a game plan for you to do it. Yeah. Oftentimes it's, it's, it's a lot of of those three elements. And I just wanted to touch upon them because I think they're so very important. So good. So good. I think, you know, we need more than just this uh, 50 minutes to an hour to to discuss. But I do agree with you around the whole idea of family and money. One of the things that I know that I was reared in in my family was one was that debt was necessary in order to acquire things. But the other thing that I know in my immediate household with my mom was that you pay for the things that you committed to. And so even if it was the minimum payment to this day, I will still pay that minimum payment. (laughs) I will not allow a bill not get paid, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have friends who don't, they don't, they don't, they don't care. They like, you know, I ain't got it. They can't get it. So what? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could just remember even going through college. Um, I remember friends, we, they go, we'd go to the ATM and they knew wasn't no money in the ATM, but they would still go put that card in there. <laughs> I'm like, well, didn't you know it was no money in there? You know? And so one of the things I knew I, I got from my mother was that if you make a commitment, if you sign on That's the dotted right. line, then you do whatever you have to do to make sure you pay pay that bill and so i do believe that but we are coming short on time here so what i would like for you to do is to you know share your final remarks 60 seconds you know to that young african-american male that older african-american male what would you say to them today around uh, getting their finances in order and and being able to leave a legacy and we'll, we'll start with jeff first and then we'll go to lionel Okay, I would say to that young person, that old person, that middle aged person is that when you get money, the first thing that you should always do is pay yourself first, because who are you working for? And the second thing would be to whatever mechanisms, whatever uh, means that you have in your warehouse, do whatever you can to get out of personal debt. Because personal debt is a lifestyle killer and personal debt is a dream killer as well. The next thing I would tell them to do is to make sure you have a safety net. Make sure you have some reserves that will take care of your lifestyle. If you lost your job, if you had a, a financial pinch, you need to have at least save 10 months, at least bare minimum. Of, of lifestyle expenses that you have an emergency account that could whether you do any type of financial storm. The Department of Labor says that right now, if you had a six-figure income, it will take you about 10 months to find the same or equivalent type of job right now if you lost it. So make sure you have at least 10 months of, of your lifestyle in reserves that can take care of you in the event that you lost your job or something bad happens. The next thing I would tell them is to make sure you have some disability insurance that 100% of your income is always protected because we live in a time right now where a slip or an injury can, can stop your income from coming in. And when income is stopped from coming into the household, that stops the household from moving forward. And the final thing that I would say is make sure you 
develop a strategy to own life insurance to make sure that it is in place to replace the income to your family. Oftentimes in black families, we have to deal with a double death. The first death is the emotional things that we have to go through when we lose a loved one. And then the second death is the income of that person that that loved one is now lost to the family. So we need to make sure that there's always income replacement in the family household that we could continue to build, develop, and grow and close the wealth gap here in America. And life insurance is the most cost effective and efficient way for you to be able to preserve and to protect and to protect and pass your money on to the next generation. And the last thing, the last thing I know I said, the, the last he's like, he's like, like a preacher thing. over there. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing is I'm about to close, but the last thing is um, to make sure you build a portfolio to acquire some assets that's going to generate you some passive income. And I yield the floor. <laughs> great, great list. Great list, Jeffrey. I would say uh, for all of my brothers out there, uh, young, old and in the middle, I would say look at sit down and determine what type of life you want, what type of quality of life you want, then work toward getting there. And part of that working toward getting there is he's sitting down again and determine what would be your financial goals. For yourself, if you're married with a family, what are your family goals? Find out what is it that you want to do from a family standpoint regarding your finances for the first 12 months, for the first five years, and 10 years and beyond. So you're going to write these goals down. Then you're going to create a plan and steps to reach those goals. Of course, always look at doing the practical things. The practical things, when I say the practical things, make sure that you have a budget in place. If you don't have a budget, you need to create a realistic budget and make sure that you live on that budget for the rest of your life. A budget is not a one-time event. It's a lifetime event. But not, managing your debt, another key thing. Make sure that you're working towards paying off, paying down, and managing and controlling your debt. Make sure that you're getting your credit in order. A lot of time we've had diminished credit. We've had errors on our credit reports. Credit is one of those things that have held us back because we cannot afford it. We could not finance it because we don't have the proper credit history or we have our credit history has been blemished. Our credit scores are low. So I would look at making sure that you enhance and improve your credit. I call it your credit quality. And I agree with Jeffrey. It's very, very important to have an emergency fund. It's not a matter of if it's going to rain, when it's going to rain. It's something is going to happen from time to time in your law in your life. It could be a job loss. It could be the current economy that we're in right now. Something is going to happen that it's going to inflate your expenses. You're going to have an emergency of some sort. So it's very important to have some reserves, to have some cash set aside. And remember, buying a TV and buying shoes, that is not an emergency. So it does not come out of that emergency fund. And then I would say these last two, 
make sure you have a heart to give. And when I say having a heart to give, passing what you know down to your children and then being able to even pass it on to someone else. If it works for you, share that with someone else who can uh, benefit from the different things that you are doing to enhance your financial life. And lastly, enjoy life. Don't do all of this and don't enjoy your life. Enjoy your life along the way. Have some celebratory moments. Go on vacation. Do things that will make you happy, but make sure you're doing it responsibly. That's it. That's the things that I would say for all of us to do. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We have some great tips, great advice, great suggestions. 30 seconds or less, let us know where we can find either of you and, and follow you. Uh, you can catch me up for the most part on all social media platforms. I'm on Twitter. That's L Shipman SC, L Shipman SC on Twitter. You can catch me on Instagram at I am Lionel Shipman. Of course, Facebook with my name, LinkedIn with my name. Uh, also, my website is shipmanconsulting.com, www.shipmanconsulting.com. Now, I'm currently having my website updated, but those are definitely ways that you can reach me. For me, you can reach me on Facebook and my name. Uh, same thing on LinkedIn. On Instagram, I'm Jeff the Wealth Builder. On TikTok, I'm Jeff the Wealth Builder. On Twitter, is J Wealth Builder. And uh, my website is morestrategy.com. That's M O O R E S T R A T E G Y.com because you need more strategy in your life. Well, I want to thank both of them for joining me for the Maximize Your Brand podcast. This was all about Men's Health Month. And today we were talking about financial wellness, financial health. And we're going to have more interviews this month with other uh, expert level men who are doing great things in the world and helping people to enhance their lives, their lifestyle, and their health. Just remember, if you're not a member of my community, all you have to do is text 77222, the word personal brand, all one word, 77222, text personal brand, all one word, no spaces, and you can join the community. I'm all about helping you the subject matter expert, the professional, the skilled person to really learn how to build and grow your own brand online so that it impacts your influence and your income. Because we all have something that we can give to the world. We all have something that we're purposed to do. And I teach you how can you put some money behind that purpose as well so that you can create the lifestyle that you crave. Each and every week, we have a brand new episode of the Maximize Your Brand Podcast. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, whichever one is your favorite podcasting app, and you can listen to each and every episode. There are over 200 episodes there for you to listen to. And so leave me a rating and review and let us know how we are doing. But until next time, I leave you with this, that the greatest tragedy in life is life that is doing the wrong assignment. We all have an assignment to do. The question is, is will you do the work to identify your assignment and go do it? Until next time, just remember this. Always shoot for the top.
because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Take care. Thank you.